Hello, welcome to Critical Blues Reviews. I'm your host, Critical, and today we will be uh, talking about the film Black KKK Klansman. I had to, had to do my two chains because it's, it's actually black and it has like three K's in it and then it goes into Klansman. So, you know, I mean, I can either say Black Klansman or I can say Black KKK Klansman. So anyway. So uh, just to give you a log line of the story, um, it's about a confident black man who joins the Denver Police Department and later finds himself infiltrating the Ku Klux Klan organization. Now, back in the day, I used to say my mother had to correct me. I used to say Ku Klux Klan. I don't know why. I never seen the word. I assumed that they were saying Ku Klux Klan, I guess, because all the L's, the K-L-K-L. But the first word is a K-U. So anyway, the Ku Klux, the Ku Klux Klan organization. All right. Now, so this story is based in the well, it was based off a true story and in the late 1970s. And um, so the main character, you have Ron Stallworth, um, who is played by John David Washington. Um, you might have uh, known him from Ballers uh, with The Rock or Malcolm X. He was in Malcolm X. You're not going to notice him in Malcolm X, but he was a student in Malcolm X. But the thing is, his pops was actually Malcolm X. So, yeah, that's right. His, um, he's Denzel Washington's son. Now, he doesn't look like Denzel Washington. He looks more like Isaiah Washington. That's what I, <laughs> I thought that he was Isaiah Washington's son, but actually he's Denzel Washington's son. And in this movie, he sounds just like him. Like, you can hear the Denzel in his voice. You know what I mean? Pause. So, yeah, so you also have um, Patrice Dumas. Um, that's his love interest in the movie, um, played by Laura Harrier. Harrier. And uh, you might, because uh, I kept saying she looks so familiar. You know, I, I remember her face, but she's from Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, also, um, the character Patrice Dumas was a little confusing to me because I swore I heard somebody call her Angela Davis. And I thought she was Angela Davis. I was like, yo, Ron Stallworth dated Angela Davis? Get out of here. But nah, that's not the case. I think she's loosely based off of Angela Davis's, you know, persona or whatever. But, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, because they're saying that, you know, the real Ron Stallworth married his high school sweetheart. So um, I think that part was, uh, you know, just for the you know movie movie sake or whatever. Um, you also have uh, uh, Flip Zimmerman. Um, well, you also Patrice Patrice Dumas. Uh, she was actually uh, with the uh, Black Panther Party. Like she was the one that invited. um invited uh stokey carmichael um who goes by the name of kwame Torre. she invited uh him down to speak and so i'm gonna give you more information on kwame Torre and how he plays a part and everything um but yeah so she's all about the revolution and so um the possible love interest like i mentioned before of ron or the love interest of ron stallworth in the film um you have you also have flip zimmerman um who actually was the guy who who played Ron Stallworth in person. So I'm going to get to that later on, you know, so it won't be too confusing. So you have Ron Stallworth, real person. Um, and you also have Flip Zimmerman, who played Ron Stallworth in the movie, which I'm going to get to later. But that character or that actor that played Flip Zimmerman was Adam Driver. And you know Adam Driver from Star Wars. He He played Kylo Ren, you know, the new Darth Vader, the... The emo Darth Vader, very emotional Darth Vader. Um, you also have Walter Breachway, um, 
that character, he was a leader of a, a sect or the KKK cell. And um, he was played by Ryan Eggold. Um, you might remember him from Blacklist. I watched. Uh, I used to watch Blacklist. Um, if you watch Blacklist, he was the main character's husband in the TV show. Um, you also have David Duke in the show. Uh, in the movie, excuse me. And he's played by Topher Grace. And people know him, you know, by that uh, the, that '70s show and Traffic. But everybody remembers him for that great role that he played in Spider-Man 3 Venom. Everybody loved that character. He did that character so well that they're actually making a Venom movie because of him. Just kidding. Anyway, so anyway, the uh, just to go into the shots of the film. I mean, the shots were beautiful. I mean, Spike Lee, man, you know, Spike Lee directed it, you know, and, you know, he also wrote, you know, parts of it, you know, or he he actually it was like assembly of writers and he was one of the writers and he directed it. And man, the shots were beautiful. You know, Spike Lee is known for doing, you know, great shots. You know, you have the the uh the what do you call it the escalator shot i that's a terrible shot but it, or he'll do the crane shot which he did on crooklyn you know and so spike lee i felt like it's one of my top top spike lee films spike lee joints um next to do the right thing um Matt, definitely malcolm x um and also i like she hates me a lot of people didn't like that movie I, I i love she hates me that was a pretty dope movie um but yeah like he you know this was this was up there for me um, but to go to to de describe the shots, man, the it, it was almost like portraits. Um, it was a scene where you had uh, Kwame Torre. He was doing a speech at an assembly and he was talking about how it was how uh, you don't have to have thin lips or uh, thin nose or white skin to be beautiful, to be portrayed as beautiful, because back then, you know, that was the object of beauty back then and so uh he was explaining you are beautiful and, and and when he was explaining this they had these beautiful shots of just you know just beautiful black people and these shots kind of remind you of those 70s 80s I mean, maybe 80s uh uh portraits and like to describe the portrait it will be like the person at the bottom of the portrait will show their face or show their whole body or whatever and they might be sitting down or whatever the case but in that top right corner almost like in the moon like like almost like where a moon would be it would be like a silhouette of the person looking away or looking off to the left and, you know it was a shot like that which i've never seen in film before i've never seen that I, if somebody did it you know cool but i've never seen that and the way that he did it and i was like wow those shots are so beautiful to me i've never seen those shots before they really stood out i thought they were dope you know so um yeah i call them moon shots because that's what it, <laughs> that's what it looked like but then also you also you also had this dance scene that it made me feel you know i felt it you know when it comes to film i don't know i feel it more so you know what i mean and i really felt though that scene where it was a dance scene um and where they're being played they were dancing to the cornelius brothers and sister rose um it, uh, too late to turn back now and uh which i played at the beginning of the um the beginning of the uh podcast that song and uh it, they, they had it where you had the women on one side you know singing and dancing and then you had the men on one on the other side i thought that was dope because it showed the togetherness it showed you know it showed to me it was like i guess 180 180 meaning you know black you know men have their 
their jobs. Women have their jobs. 180, 180 makes 360. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, they weren't in a circle. That would have made sense. But it, I don't know. I still respected that scene. Like that scene meant a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like it, you know, it just, it was just so much that was going on in that scene to me. Now, will you pick up on that scene? Maybe not. My girlfriend didn't. She was like, oh, here we go again. Black people got to dance in the movie. But, you know, uh, you know, teach his own. But for me, I really thought that, you know, that scene was dope. It was a dope scene. Um, also, there were plenty of Trump shots in this movie. Um, like, you know, it was a scene where they were saying um, there would never be a white supremacist in the White House, you know. And uh, and also, you know, there were a lot of uh, making America great again foreshadowing you know what i mean like they couldn't say it fully i mean they they you know it just it, it would be corny if they said make america great again you know but it was kind of like added words were put in it you know what i mean to kind of but you got the you got the gist of it about the make america great again um so that was cool and uh well just to kind of give you you know a little background and it's, this is non-spoilers I, I want people to go out and see this movie it's a dope movie um, but non-spoilers, but just to give you a gist of what's going on, you had uh, Ron Stallworth. He gets a job with the Denver police in the inventory department, and he hate that he hates that department because of the racial disrespect that he gets when people need files or they need evidences or whatever the evidence room, you know, whatever out of the evidence room, whatever either inventory department or evidence department. I can't, you know, it's one of the two. But anyway, when they need that evidence or whatever, they were really nasty to him when they try to get it. You know what I mean? And so he asks. Uh, he asked the department head for a transfer, you know, to a different department. Um, eventually, you know, at first they didn't want to give it to him because he was a rookie. You know what I mean? It was like, you know, but he was very confident, very confident dude in what he was in his ability. And so they were able because he said, I think he mentioned he wanted to go um, undercover. So they gave him the first task. And the first job that he got to go undercover was at a Torre, excuse me, Kwame Torre, a.k.a. Stokely Carmichael Assembly. Now, if you're not a, uh, if you're not uh, 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 familiar with Stokely, Stokely Carmichael or um, his uh, rightful name is Kwame Torrey because he changed his name. Um, uh, he's an honorary prime minister, prime minister of the Black Panther Party. Um, he's a leader of all African-American People's Revolution Party, Revolutionary Party. And uh, Kwame Torre fled to Africa in 1968 because of what was uh, because he was being targeted by the FBI through the Cointel Pro uh, Cointel Pro program. And so um, but that was, you know, um, one of the characters that was uh, that, you know, that, that I mentioned earlier that was saying the speech about, you know, black, you know, black beauty. You know what I mean? But um, but yeah, so what happened was Starworth, he eventually gets the job of going undercover at a, a, a Kwame Torre uh, assembly. And um, at the Kwame Torre gathering, while un while undercover, Ron Starworth, he meets Patrice Dumas, his uh, is a soon to be love interest. Um, later on, you know, he pretends. Well, actually, later on after that, you know, went a certain way. I'm not going to say what happened with that. Um, but at later on, he, uh, makes a phone call to, uh, the KKK. And so he pretends to be a white supremacist and, you know, that that's what put him and flip undercover. Um, because he pretends to be a white supremacist. He called, he spoke with Walter Breachway 
And uh, that's when, you know, Walter Breachway, as I mentioned before, he was the leader of the sect or that cell of the KKK organization in in Denver. So um, we're in Colorado. I, I don't know if they were specifically in Denver, but um, that's when he made that uh, call to him. And once he made that call um, as a white supremacist and, and, and that's the thing, a lot of people confuse white supremacists with okay once you already join an organization of kkk or skinheads whatever the case may be that makes you a white supremacist which is technically false um a white uh, uh, a white supremacist is uh basically any person who believes that they should be dominated and uh be in a superior position over black people so you don't have to be part of an organization to feel that you know what i mean and now just to you know keep in mind that all white people are not white supremacists but as the great philosopher Neely Fuller said, you have three people. You have non-white people, you have white people, and you have white supremacists. So, you know, not, you know that's to kind of give you the gist of the whole white supremacist thing, the whole white supremacist theme. But, um, yeah, so, you know, he, they go undercover. And that's when, you know, again, you have uh, Flip Zimmerman. Um, now, Flip, he has to pretend because uh, Ron Stallworth is black. He can't, you know, go to the organization or the Ku Klux Klan because they got to meet you and you know they got to you know talk to you and all of that stuff like that they basically got to vet you you know what I mean and so not only vet you they got to make sure that you're not Jewish and so that was uh, Flip Zimmerman's character he was Jewish and so you had to or he had to hide that fact you know because they wanted to make sure he wasn't Jewish because you know like certain things in history it's hard to tell if a person is Jewish or not, or just white, you know what I mean? Like, you know, Jewish is white, but, you know, when you talk about the KKK, you're talking about, you know, they don't see Jewish people as, as being white. So they had like these different tests because you couldn't tell, you know, because you have certain Jewish people that will change their last name and you will never know if they're Jewish or white in the eyes of the KKK. So um, you had that going on. And so you, you got a chance to learn Flip Zimmerman's uh, character and, you know, how he came up in and certain Jewish uh, uh, Jewish uh, things that he holds dear to his heart. Traditions, that's what I want to say. Certain Jewish traditions that he holds dear to his heart or don't or doesn't hold dear to his heart. You get to learn about that in the conflict, you know, how he's now by being undercover, how he has to face you know, being Jewish, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, so it's a good story within that as well. Um, it was a lot that happened in that movie. Uh, it was a lot of, uh, it, it was, it was great storytelling. Um, as for the conflict, um, I, it wasn't fully conflict, uh, conflicted to me, you know, like you had, you know, uncomfortable moments. Um, but that's, why I would more than likely give it uh, I would give it a uh, I would give it a nine you know on the scale I would give it a nine um, I would also say that um, I would give it a a, a plop and in, in two in a, in a, in a I'll give it two plops in a toilet flush yeah so I give it a flop two flops two plops two plops and a toilet flush to give that it was a nine. So it definitely was a nine. 
Um, again, I wouldn't give it a 10 because I felt like the conflict wasn't, it could have been stronger, but it was based off a true story. So, you know, you only can, you know, exaggerate, you know, certain narratives to a certain degree, you know, but, um, but yeah, yeah, I, I enjoyed the film. I suggest you go out and see it, you know, for yourself. Um, and Spike Lee, I, I think he, you know, finally, because it was a couple of movies that Spike was doing. I, I really wasn't really feeling at the time, you know, like Red Hook Summer. I heard that had a crazy twist at the end, but it was hard for me to kind of enjoy it or get into it. And I totally didn't get a chance to see the end. You know what I mean? And um, it was a movie that he did, I think, called Old Boy. It was an interesting outtake, but I saw the original. So it was hard for me to enjoy Spike Lee's version of uh old boy because you know you know not to get too into it but i guess the actor you know like it wasn't the actor was more fluent in the actual film you know what i mean it fit but you know this actor here he looked old it was certain things it just was, it wasn't believable that he was doing you know and the other actor kind of made you feel even though it was kind of you know over the top it made you feel that actor can do it the original the the korean version of old boy so anyway um yeah but i felt like this right here put spike lee back i, I feel he's back now i'm happy for spike you know what i'm saying i hope that um this movie gets the recognition that it deserves okay yeah so this is critical blue or critical with critical blue reviews give it a nine two plops in a flush <laughs> all right well you all enjoy y'all stay tuned you know let me know how you feel about my uh critiques and you all take care all right one